Welcome to the second season of the Oh Shit Twins podcast. I'm your host, Georgia Martel. Today we're going to be talking to Shakira. Shakira is a qualified pre and postnatal trainer. She has a platform called Strong Like Mum, discussing postnatal fitness tips. And she also had twins last year during the midst of the pandemic. So stay tuned to hear all about her experience. Hi Shakira, thank you again for agreeing to do the Oh Shit Twins podcast. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing what it was like for you to have your twins during the pandemic. For those who might not know or might not be from the UK, we went through a period where birthing people were not allowed to have partners or or birthing birthing friends, partners, anybody in the hospital with them until they hit a certain point in their labour, active labour, which would have caused a lot of stress, trauma, you know, you need, uh, you know, birthing people need support. <laughs> so we're going to touch on that because Shakira already has two, two little boys before it, yeah. she, <laughs> so she went from a two to a four. What was that like for you? <laughs> um, I, I love the name of shit twins because literally <laughs> when they told me we weren't, we weren't even trying to conceive. And then it was like, wow, I'm pregnant. Oh gosh. Okay. Wow. This is a surprise. Let's go with that. And then it was like, boof, it's twins. And I literally went, Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I was not um, anticipating that. I was not. I was. It was the most surprised I've ever been in my entire life, in the best possible way. But mm. my goodness, that was just such a surprise. As you said, the whole sort of pregnancy from then on, mm. right at the beginning, when I found out I was pregnant, it was around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and everything was still relatively okay. And then it was that that new year yeah. where everything started to change and so it was really interesting I remember going to my um I remember going to meet the midwifery team special twins clinic at about seven or eight weeks pregnant Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. they they were saying to me you are going to have the gold standard pregnancy care you're never going to experience anything like this because you're having twins so you're going to have scans all the time and Mm. see this person that person all these extra things do 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 and obviously everything changed and I barely saw anyone and oh, wow. my partner wasn't allowed to come and there wasn't, you know, they did do what they really needed to, of course, they mm-hmm. kept part of the care going. But certainly that I couldn't go to any, they had all these twin groups where you go and you learn about twins and how to feed twins and, and none of that was available. Um, and like you said, at a time which, I mean, for me, this was still challenging because it was yeah. twins, but mm-hmm. some of them, their first, their first pregnancy which is a really scary exciting mm-hmm. scary time and you know the support just wasn't able to be there so obviously because you can compare the two that your difference in pregnancies obviously you have you've got two boys already what would you say was the main difference other than like appointments did you even did anyone even like even call to check in or it literally it was just kind of you just left your own devices so again it was a little bit different because um with it with it being twins, twins I yeah. had extra yeah um, you do have extra scans. my birthing plan you know what what would the birth be like what are the options how can that be with twins and and it, no, none of that um mm. was there how did the c-section happen I mean I'm one of those pregnant people who worries about every single you know twin and whatever yeah and so a, a few times in my pregnancy maybe 
maybe about three or four times throughout the pregnancy, I'd driven myself down to hospital at night time and said, look, I just want to check in that everything's okay because I haven't felt this baby move for a while mm. or whatever the, the thing was. And so I'd been there a few times and this was just another one of those times where I, I was sitting there in bed and I thought, I had started to get water retention in my legs mm. and I thought, I just don't feel right. And I said to my husband, I, I really need to just go and, 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 and have them check me out because I just don't feel totally 100%. And I said, oh, I'll be back soon. So I literally packed my bag and I had one little bag of crisps in there because I thought, oh, it's late at night, just in case I have to wait a few hours. I have something yeah. to pack on. And I went, into the, I went into the room and they did all these tests and they were like, okay, so your baby's going to be coming early. You're going to be booked in for a C-section this week. You're not going to be leaving hospital again. You need to stay in. You've developed preeclampsia. Da, 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 da. We're going to take oh, you to your wow. room. And I was like, what yeah yeah yeah. that's yeah <laughs> hadn't got packed my bags hadn't said bye to my children I wasn't allowed visitors obviously so it was yeah. literally, I went from like just leaving home to suddenly you're now staying here and I ended up being there for a fortnight for two weeks wow. and you know with minimal visitors and they literally changed the rule I think the day that I went in they suddenly said okay visitors one visitor is allowed to come for two hours a day so all of a sudden you know as I said I didn't see my children I just I was there oh wow so what what was that like because I know per, for me as well the same kind of thing I, I went into hospital with pains and then they're like you're, you're one centimeter one centimeter dilated you're not going anywhere but obviously <laughs> I could have all the visitors in the world how was you keeping yourself positive and in good spirits because two out you know hospital is so boring there's not much to do I don't you know I don't know if in that hospital they had free wi-fi my hospital didn't so you really like don't have much entertainment how was you keeping yourself like in good spirits yeah it was weird like you said there's, there's never any wi-fi and mm. in today's world you're like wait <laughs> what am I, I supposed can't... to do yeah, I, was like, I can't download a video. What is what am I supposed to be watching? Um, so luckily, I had taken my phone charger. That's the one yeah. thing that goes everywhere with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I had one book. So mm. I had a book, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't. I, yeah, as you said, you know, you, you so suddenly you're really cut off. And also mm-hmm. in this, when I was going in during this pandemic, I wasn't even allowed to walk around the halls. You couldn't oh, go. Wow. Literally, stay. I was so fortunate I was under with um, some anxiety issues that I've had in yeah. my previous pregnancies I was under the mental health care team and so oh, okay. I was allowed to have my own space which oh, I know okay. that would have yeah, helped you yeah you know although actually I almost mm. thought well it'd be nice to have someone to talk to yeah but I, I have my own space so I just you know but what I would say from the whole you know the pre and particularly the postnatal experience it was one of the most isolating you know mm. scary lonely times because mm. there's minimal stuff you're literally you're left on your own for for long periods of time yeah and you know also when there is something like when something throws gets thrown up in your pregnancy like preeclampsia or something like that it, it you can't help but have you know certain trepidations about it that you need to think about and go over and, and you've got no one to talk it through with and yeah you it's just all in your head like but yeah, yeah. i had to sit half hanging out the window to be on the phone so you was in hospital for what was it a week before you actually had your your c-section and I'm, I'm guessing your, your your husband was allowed what just to, to come in scrub up and go in into the theater with you yeah so uh, so I remember I'd been in a few weeks before the time when they then kept me in mm-hmm. and I remember going in and they sat me in a room in in one of the room with with a few other beds but there was only one other woman in there and this woman was her first pregnancy mm. she was in labor 
And her partner wasn't allowed to be there until she was an established labor. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just, I really felt that because, you know, any time I've been in labor, a, a, like you said, it's scary. You know, and, and it's not like she had a team full of midwives surrounding her bed. She was just there on her own. And I tried to talk to her and, and she was like, oh, no, you know, I'm getting another one. I don't know, I've got another contraction. And I was like, it's okay. You know, trying my best to, yeah. But, but at the same time, she was almost like, Go away, but you know, she I wasn't her family, I wasn't yeah. her, I didn't know her pregnancy. Mm. She just wanted someone there to support her, and she didn't have anyone. And it was really interesting that you said at the beginning, you know, certain levels of trauma. And I don't think that should be necessarily underestimated mm. because you know, really obvious, of course, there there is a scale, and there are, you know, women who have birth that they completely just you know feel empowered by, and, and mm. that's fantastic. Of course, there's the other end of the spectrum women who really feel that they've had to overcome or will need to overcome some form of real birth trauma and everything in between. Mm. And this woman, I looked at her and I thought, gosh, my, just my heart goes out to you because labour isn't easy at, at any stage. It might not be the most painful thing you've ever felt, but you've got, you know, it's a scary time, that beginning bit of labour where you're just getting small contractions. You don't know what, what to do. You don't mm. know what the times are. And I remember her saying to the, to the midwives, I, I need I need something I need something I need something and they were like oh she's asking for drugs like, oh I'll tell her she has to wait till she's four centimeters then we'll give her something. and this one's like I really need it and then eventually they came to check her and they were like oh yes gosh you are you are four centimeters right let's get you into the and, and I thought my gosh this poor woman's been here for how many hours and, you know because as as a person that had my my other half there when I was in hospital before I went into labor I had friends and family coming and going you know I had food dropped off so I, and I had all of that, you know what I mean? I had all of that and still, you know, experienced a lot of trauma and shock. I just felt so isolated and on my own where after I had given birth to my daughters at 27 weeks. So the thought, like I tried not even to think about how traumatic it must, must be and must have been for some mothers who had to just, go, you know, go through it on their own it's just oh my god it's just it's a it's the saddest thing because as you said it can be tough on different levels but you just want support there like that that, that that's all yeah absolutely and what's what I thought was so weird about it again pre and postnatally is that we were in this intense lockdown where it was like you didn't see anybody else but you did see oh yeah I saw my partner every day we were yeah, locked yeah. together and it was like this became our family our bubble became my support network I didn't mm. see anybody else and that was my support and then poof they take it away from you You know the whole mm. support network the only support network you've had for the last nine months is gone and then they're like what well, are you got to do it with a, a team of medical professionals who are all sterilized and don't know you yeah yeah and that's the one support network you've had over this whole strange time is gone which is this really weird time to choose to take that from a woman so how did you feel about the having a C-section? Was it just like, okay, I've got pre-cancer, this is the best thing? Did you feel any feelings towards it? Because I know with my in my situation when I was pregnant, I was just like, whatever's best. Of course, I'd prefer natural, but if I have to have a C-section, I have to have a C-section. It's just, it is what it is. In terms of a cesarean, it was weird. You know, I, I had two parts of my brain. I had the expert part of my brain where I work with pre- and postnatal women all the time and I've yeah. trained um, cesarean section mothers a lot. And that part of my brain the first thing I thought over there was wow this is going to be a real interesting learning curve because everything mm. that I put into practice that I 
that I teach women, mm. I'm going to get that experience. Mm. And then there was like the reality, real Shakira part of my brain that was really quite overwhelmed again by what I find weird. Maybe it was just my experience with the cesarean is that they tell you you're going to have a cesarean, but they don't really tell you anything else. They, you know, they don't talk mm. you through, right, here's a diagram of your body mm. and, you know, we're going to make one decision here and then and this, and I'm the type of person, not everyone is like that, but I would like to understand the process as it's happening and why, and why it's happening. And you're not really given that. And, and you know, during, during a cesarean, it was, I mean, cesareans are fantastic. They save lives the whole time. I needed one. It was the best decision for, for me and my babies. And I'm so, so incredibly grateful that that is an option that we have. But it's also, it's this, it's this weird process of um, literally your intimate space, like your internal organ. You know, we, mm. you can't get more private and personal mm. than, than that. But it's it's a very routine procedure for them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, and they're sort of like tugging you around and pushing, and like, oh. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, like this is my private space, and there's yeah. something about sort of like this informed consent, you know, where actually I want you to say, right, Shakira, we're going to be what we're going to be doing is is this is this okay with you for you start? Yes, it is. Okay, okay mm. great. All right. Now we're going to be moving on to this bit. Is this you know? Do, of course, in, a, in an emergency or a crash cesarean, that's not always possible. But I, I really felt that that was missing. And I felt mm. an element, a small element of trauma from that because it was so invasive. Mm. And I felt almost left out of the process. I think I was really spoiled the first time because with my first, mm -hmm. it was the picture perfect like you know process yeah, because yeah. i went it, i i, I got, went into labor in the night we went to see it at the midwife she said oh yes right go down to hospital right blah, blah, blah. go down to hospital had all our bags everything ready got got our own room that time really fantastic and then then the the woman who was i wanted an epidural and the doctor came in and said okay let me talk you through the process so here's a little drawing of this da, 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 talk to us all through. everything was just lovely calm slow mm. perfectly tight <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> and then you know to, but to go from that to then this experience where they were like you're gonna have the gold standard experience and then they were like right well you're staying and you're not going anywhere no one really mm. communicates you're having a cesarean in a week boom in the room half an hour you go from pregnant to not pregnant buff like that yeah and it's yeah. you know it's a huge it's a huge thing I was you know that that process between pregnant to not pregnant as well mm. is really, it was really interesting and something I hadn't necessarily considered before I had the cesarean is the fact that although I can rationally understand, okay, I'm in an operating theater, they're going to operate, I'm going to see my babies and I'll be a mum. I can rationally get that. Mm. But your emotions and, and you know, physically, my body was not prepared to mm. become a mother. So, mm. It was like this real sudden thing where my body almost went into shock because it was like, I've been pregnant. I'm carrying on being pregnant. And then, bam, it was like, oh, babies are out. Comes in. yeah, babies are out. And my body was like, whoa, OK, I'm not pregnant anymore. So your body's going through this massive shift that it wasn't necessarily prepared for. And although I could rationally get that, mm. my body was not with me. And then my emotions were not with my body because my mm. emotions were like, I had this massive elation of like, here's my babies and that's so fantastic. And I've got to meet them and they're here. But then emotionally, I felt so disconnected to my physical being 
mm-hmm. I could it was it threw me for a bit of a loop because mm-hmm. I really couldn't 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 match the two you know yeah, it sounds really it. difficult mm-hmm. to explain but it was I, I had not considered that element of it I think I, I had this conversation yesterday with someone where I was saying like you know we have all these things that that you know, are this new age thing, technology and this Mm. and that. And birth is one of those rare moments where you actually feel the fact that we are animals. Mm. You know, we forget about that. We like Mm. get dressed in our clothes and we don't get But actually we're animals, like lions and tigers, Mm. we are animals. And birth is one of those moments where you, and in fact, that that thing of being a mum that Mm. thing that that really overpowering thing for me it was yes I love my children but that really overpowering thing was that animal like what you know Mm. these are your babies Mm. and you're just like okay now I've got uh, Mm. like I'm grounded I've Mm. got roots you know and that's just a really interesting thing so after you after you had your cesarean what the boys you know oh no you got you got a boy and a girl Mm-hmm. Um, how are they health wise? They were just what? what how was, they were a bit? They were a bit early. How many weeks did they're you? A bit early, but but barely. Yeah. Two days. I was I was thirty six weeks and five oh, days. Oh god, that's, so, great. Yeah. that's great. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. great. So yeah, they were pretty much there. Um, but my daughter was really small. She always had been really small, and she was tiny. And I think the cutoff point. I think. I, forgive me if I get this wrong. Is at one point eight kilos they take them to neonatal mm. and she was 1.9. So she was just able just to stay, mm. but she was tiny, you know, mm-hmm. really small. And the postnatal experience, when if I was to look at a point in my experience where I feel I really experienced a form of trauma, like a traumatic experience, it would have been postnatally mm. because I already, as I said, had this real disconnect to my body. They took me and the babies to the room. My husband was not allowed to stay. Oh. I had a cesarean, which I never had before. I couldn't walk properly. I, you know, all these types of things. Mm. And the care, the care was not there. They were mm. really stretched thin, obviously, with the pandemic going yeah. on. And I was, I, they were giving me morphine for the pain for the first, or like, 36 hours. And so I was, like, high as a kite on morphine. Mm. And then left alone with two babies. Uh, it was you know and I could barely move around in that that first initial period and um I remember them trying to get me to walk you know within 12 hours they tried to get you on your feet walking and I just remember just crying my eyes out I was like no I'm not ready I'm not ready now you have to get up you have to walk you have to walk okay but I was really really struggling and so I then had the twins and I was trying to breastfeed them and I remember I had one of them and I rang the buzzer to ask one of the midwives can you pass me the other baby Mm. And took her a while to come, and then she came. And I said, can you pass me the baby? And she said, are you even trying? And I was like, like, I'm trying so hard. And um, then she was like, you know, we have mothers who just bounce back, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you should be, you don't don't, don't want to be hearing that. (laughs) No, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I got scared to ring the buzzer. And then I remember ringing the buzzer and another time and hearing them outside and they went oh is it her again yeah it was her again and I thought oh gosh and I I got scared to ring the buzzer and Mm. that all resulted in me standing in the bathroom that evening I was trying to change my underwear you know these big massive underwear you wear after pregnancy because you've got all that postnatal bleeding and I was trying to change my underwear but I couldn't bend down to put the underwear on and I couldn't lift my knee either to put the underwear on so I was just stood there crying in the bathroom because I was too scared to ring the bell to ask someone can you help me get dressed and I Mm -hmm. and I you know it felt 
humiliating and mm, you know they just, even needed help yeah but, but also but it, shouldn't that, be, it, shouldn't, that, it shouldn't be like that no one was coming it's not like someone said look you're a hero you've done this amazing thing of course I hope you put your underwear on you've done this amazing thing you know I felt like oh my gosh I'm so stupid I can't even, you know and it was really 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 horrible mm. horrible feeling um and not everyone experiences that of course I'm not I don't want to frighten women yeah. and the next day I had a fantastic midwife who was there the next day and she said she basically like gave me a pep talk and she was like you have to fight for you're right you have to fight mm. for what you what you need if that's mm. what you need you absolutely ring that bell doesn't matter and you get the help you need and I think they then spoke with the people who had who treated me that way but it was it was it was again this weird thing so I thought gosh that's that is who I am you know I'm, mm. I'm quite a strong person I'll fight for what I need it'll but in that moment, I just felt so overwhelmed by the process and mm-hmm. and then, you know, that on top that it was just a very strange experience. So how long was you in hospital before you was allowed to go home? So we were there for a week, but we really had to fight to go home. And it was it was all around the fact that my daughter was small, but she had, okay. you know, they test them at the beginning. They test them like every half an hour or something, mm-hmm. all day and night. They would mm. do, and then they go to less tests and less. And she was every time she was hitting every mark, blah, blah, blah. And it was all about her putting on weight and mm-hmm. being fed. And in the end, you know, we were pushing, 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 pushing. And they said, look, you know, we have to get... Um, and a, a, a you know a senior pediatrician to come and da, 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 da. and so someone eventually came and, and I said to them look you know this whole week that I've been here she's she's hitting everything single thing she needs to hit if the whole if the goal of everything is to get her put you know is, is for my daughter to be putting on as much weight as possible the best thing in my opinion it's for me to go home mm, yeah, because yeah. I've got more support at home. I had, you know, we were in a bubble at that point with my mum. So my mum and my husband were at home sleeping all night mm. while I was in hospital with two babies on my own. Out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you <laughs> know, trying I to breastfeed and all of that. That's mental. Yeah. And I said, you know, I can go home and my husband will you know, sit me on the couch and my husband can bring me some food while I'm sitting there and my focus is on breastfeeding. You know, mm. I'm, I'm really fortunate with the support that I have. And I thought this is just madness that I'm here and not utilizing this fantastic support network that is just waiting. And so in the end, the, and what I think it's very easy for me to say, cause I'm not the experts mm. in, in, in a medical field. So I do completely understand they have to make sure that they have, yeah. you know, ticked every box. But it is a little bit tick boxy where mm. they, just, you know, and this head pediatrician came along and he, he looked at my daughter and said, you know what, we have to tick all these things. But actually, the best thing to do is look at the baby in front of you. And this baby, she is thriving. She is happy. The best thing for you to do as a family is to go home so that you're comfortable and your yeah. focus can yeah. be about, you know, raising your children. And so eventually there was someone like that. And that, you know, that was a game changer. So, and, then, and then when you got home and then you got back to your boys and how was that adjustment for you? Yeah, it was great. I mean, initially, may, initially, <laughs> I think I was a little bit overdramatic. I'm a slightly dramatic person. And literally I stepped out of the hospital and I was like, the light in the sky, trees, <laughs> as if I'd been like in a cave for a year. I was literally like, I can see all the way over there. <laughs> I was I was really extra about it yeah. but um 
I genuinely felt like, wow, I'm actually out in like a space. This is amazing. Mm. Um, and I got home and there's this amazing moment for anybody who's had, you know, is having like a subsequent pregnancy. There's mm. this amazing moment of the siblings meeting the baby. And yeah. it's, I love it. It's so great. And of course, it's great to see my children and just to be home was fantastic. And and to be honest, I feel like that's where my recovery really started mm. was when I got home. I, but again, really fortunate, you know, it was summertime, the sun's shining. Everything's oh, that always makes everything better. Everything better. You know, I, I would also say that I've been on a massive journey in terms of anxiety. I said at the beginning and those first two pregnancies, although they were singleton pregnancies, vaginal, you know, relatively uncomplicated vaginal deliveries and uh, you know I was I was home the next day and all this stuff my anxiety was so high and so I have had some Mm. really tricky postnatal experiences yeah this one of all the things the pandemic has brought us and there's been some real lows for many many people one of the real blessings in our family unit was that my husband was able to be home for Mm. longer he's working Mm. from home and so we had this like really great first few months where we were in a but and it was just us in our little bubble raising these two new babies. You know, so there was then a really beautiful period of recovery. That is not to say there were no struggles because my gosh, breastfeeding twins is just and I've got my own issues with breastfeeding anyway, but mm. breastfeeding twins and expressing on top is might as well have triplets. And then you got, I had a toddler, I had a six year old, and so school was closed. So there were certainly challenges, yeah, but there was also a really beautiful period of time. So is there any like tips, suggestions, advice you would give to anybody kind of who's pregnant, just about to give birth, kind of going to go step into the hospital and go into that world? Yeah, any advice that you'll have for anyone during this pandemic? I think, my gosh, what, what helps me in those times? Uh, it's always tricky to, to s- talk about social media because there are some real you know, pros and cons, mm. uh, as with everything. But it was a real pro for me, actually, because the only thing that did work on my phone was Instagram. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, I felt almost like I have, I do feel a little bit like I've got a secondary little family or certainly like a close friend friend group on there women who have not even necessarily met but women who share experiences and you know I'm so I'm so grateful that I've connected with a really great group of women on social media like yourself who you know their mothers they understand and so I I got a level of support from that in a way Mm -hmm. but of course you've got to be careful because you know I'm I'm not going to go and tell someone make Instagram your everything that that certainly wouldn't be my advice I love logging off as well Mm -hmm. I think for me it was the small things so I when I was in hospital on my own before the delivery and I didn't have much to do, I thought, okay, do you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity to work on some self-care. And that meant mentally as well, practice some mindfulness. I did some meditations. I worked on some breath work, you know, and just really tried to relax, Mm. you know, really tried to find a way to relax, which in in an environment that isn't your own and there's beep, beep, beep in the, in the hallway isn't the easiest, but almost I tried to use that as a benefit and be like, uh, as a positive and be like, right, I'm going to work even harder to learn about positive mindsets and about breathing and about relaxation in this environment. This Mm. is, this is my test. This is how I'm going to learn, you know? So I did that. And then journaling. I did a lot of that as well. When my husband was allowed to come and visit for those two hours, he brought me a notepad and pen and I would write, you know, anything from poetry to just a stream of conscious 
thought of mm. what I was thinking or I would write a little letter to the twins or I would just keep a diary today I'm doing this to the day you know however you want to use it but for me that became a real outlet as well just gave me something creative to do and oh. then yeah things like that and then I, I think postnatally you're pretty busy because you've got your new baby mm. <laughs> and, you, and you had a c-section so how and how, yeah. that, how did you cope with that as well and any tips for people going back home with a c-section you've got your babies you've got toddlers just yeah, yeah. share the gems I, <laughs> yeah my god okay so in terms of the physical the like your know, physical recovery with a cesarean section one of the things I'm often asked as a, as a professional is whether or not women who've had a cesarean still need to do their pelvic floor exercises because they didn't push a baby out mm. but absolutely they still do because you still carried that baby on your pelvic floor yeah. muscles for such a long time so it's really important that you do still work on your pelvic floor exercises but I think it's important also to understand that we shouldn't just be strengthening and tightening our pelvic floor it is super important particularly postnatally that we do that but some women can overtrain their pelvic floor and so we need to have that element of taking a deep breath and relaxing those pelvic floor muscles in between also mm -hmm. also so interesting that I was learned about this since having my twins how deep deep breath work if we breathe correctly and we allow our diaphragm to descend when we breathe mm -hmm. then it it really can assist with scar tissue recovery okay. so wow, I didn't know that. yeah so something like a cesarean or any abdominal surgery like a hysterectomy or something when you take that deep breath in and the diaphragm descends it almost massages the organs beneath it and helps to keep that scar tissue mobile so it's really important that that we do do that as part of our recovery uh, part of our recovery and then stress so there's been studies to and research is still un undergoing so i can't you know it's not like this is definite yeah definite. well it is pretty yeah, it, it is pretty definite, but yeah, it's certainly not written in stone. But the, the impact that stress can have on scar tissue, because there's research to suggest that, that high levels of stress can trigger scar tissue regrowth. So, mm. you, you know, having that Makes scar tissue, yeah. And so we want to make sure that we, we try to relax as much as, as possible. Okay, so thank you. I think that's a great way to round it up and just share your Instagram, let people know you're, you know, a professional personal trainer. So just tell everyone where to find you. You yep. do great videos of exercise, holding them babies, you know, they knock it off you. I watch your videos, I'm like, that's motivated <laughs> while I'm eating my biscuit. But okay. Don't worry, there's plenty of those biscuits I'm eating as well. Yeah, so I'm I'm on Instagram as Shakira.akabusi. I my campaign is called Strong Like Mum. That's kind of my message. And it's about sort of uh, how to balance it is primarily about pre and postnatal wellness which is my expertise I work in pre and postnatal recovery and rehabilitation but I'm so passionate about that connection between the physical body and, and the mind mm -hmm. and how they work together so my whole sort of aim is to assist women in feeling empowered and you know and just sort of showing that you can be just as passionate strong sexy you know successful confident as a mother as you were before you were a mother and actually yeah. helping to show the the next generation that you can you can be what you want to be you know don't allow anybody to label you as someone's idea of mum that is not necessarily your idea of mum and just yeah. you know just sharing that message and connecting with other like-minded women so shakira.akabusi on instagram or my website is stronglikemum.com okay thank you so much that's absolutely amazing so i'm gonna Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Oh Shit Twins podcast. 
You can find me, Georgia Martel, at Oshit oh Twins on Facebook and Instagram, and my website is oshittwins.com. I'll be posting new episodes once every two weeks, and in the meantime, you can like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs>